Are you ready for the stat of the day? Yes, you ready? Everybody's ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Really shouldn't call it a stat of the day since I'm not going to do this every day, but I came across this stat reading a recap yesterday, and I thought it was very intriguing. The Tampa Bay Rays used a starting pitcher age 30 or younger for the 900th consecutive start. But that's going to end soon, right? I don't know why. With who? James Shields. Or the, what? What? I'm sorry. What, no, was, the, what age, was the age threshold? Thirty. Thirty or younger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because no, he's he's been part of that. Yeah. He's going to turn thirty soon, isn't he? That's fine. He's thirty or younger. All right. If he turns oh, thirty-one, you've got right. a problem. Not under thirty. Yeah. Wow. Stat of the day: a huge failure. Um, no, I like that. Everybody great, got confused. That's a great. Well, I, I was fine. We were Al, so till Al had to question your stat. Yeah. No, we were so overwhelmed by the magnificence magnificence of it that. Uh, you know, we're just left a little stunned. Before we get into fantasy baseball, got to tell you about Touchback, starring Kurt Russell and Brian Presley. A great movie to see with your family. It also has some great football action. Brian Presley plays a former high school football star who gets to revisit that critical moment in the state championship game, and he can either let his fate unfold or follow a path that will change his future. Touchback. It opens Friday, April thirteenth, in theaters. Check it out, Mr. Destiny for football. Pretty Mr. much. Destiny with Michael Caine. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 I, I'm just guessing that's what it is. It's, it sounds uh, it like seems it. like a similar premise. Absolutely. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to update you on David Wright's injury. Recap Tuesday's games. We'll tell you who's taking Doug Fister's spot in the Tigers rotation. Al and Nando are going to fight it out. They're going to debate about the importance of the home run. And we're also breaking down some of your fantasy baseball trades. Send us an email, fantasybaseball at CBS Interactive. Dot com And, of course, 5 o'clock Eastern weeknights, check out our live show on the website, Fantasy Baseball 360. It is Wednesday, April 12th. Here we go. Three up, three down. Three up, number one. Al, you were high on Andre Ethier coming into the year. He is off to a great start. Two home runs and nine RBIs already. Sell high on Andre You know Ethier. what I'm going to say. No, <laughs> this is what you drafted him for. You you bought low. And I guess you, know, you, you can sell high, but... Uh... No, no, no. I don't think he's uh, reached his value yet. At this point, would you rather have Ethier or Desmond Jennings? That's pretty close. I think I, I would rather have Ethier, but it's very close. Three up number two, David Freeze. Three home runs this year for David Freeze. Nando, is he breaking out? Is he continuing what he did in the playoffs? I, I think I think it's fair to say he's breaking out, but uh, you know, obviously this this home run onslaught, I don't think is going to continue. But um, he, he's definitely he's definitely on pace for a breakout. I think. Being able to perform, you know, baseball is a mental game. Being able to perform that well in the World Series, you know, might, might set you up, uh, you know, in a good way for the next season. Yeah. Yeah, I found uh, my stat of the day, uh, <laughs> looking up some stuff on David Freeze. The last time that he put up a ground ball rate below 50%, that's high, right? Below 50% was in AAA back in 2008. But when, when this guy does get the ball airborne, he hits, you know, he hits home runs on a lot of those balls. So, I mean, if he ever can even just, you know, hit fewer than half of the balls in the air, then we got a home run guy. Okay. Well, he's got three already. He's got yeah. ten RBIs. Um, David Freeze, you know, keep an eye on him. Astros outfielder Jordan Schaefer. I thought he deserved a mention here. Single three times. He scored a run, but he stole three bags. Who cares about that stat? Anyone? I'm sorry. It's just when you said stole three bags, I thought back to his arrest uh, during the offseason. <laughs> oh. <But>, uh, 
Uh, stole three bases. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's that's my problem, not yours. Um, <laughs> and it, I mean, if if Schaefer can get on base, then he could be a stolen base threat. I just worry about this guy being able to get on base in the first place. Okay, three down. Jose Tabata went over four. He's batting one sixty-seven. Nando, Tabata's owned in 76% of leagues. Does that seem high to you, or, or does it seem right, or what? Well, you know what, you know what I think the other stat on there, and this is not my stat of the day, but the, the, he's, he's only started in 38%. I think that speaks more to his potential, that, that people think that Tabata's going to break out. I'm sure Pedro Alvarez has the same kind of – actually, he's much lower. He's only like 28%. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that, he, that half of the leagues that he's owned in are, are afraid to start him. Tabata, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it means you know, they're just going to take a little wait and see. He's dangling Is that what you bench. would do? With Tabata? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got enough uh, potential where, you know, in the, in these maybe at, at 12 or I'd say 14. I'd say 14-team league, I'd have him on my bench. I'd let him be someone else's problem in the 12-team league just by the fact that, you know, I don't like these danglers. They just they sit on the end of your bench. You know, when, when someone gets hot, when, you know, when a, when a Henderson Alvarez, and a, for Al's guy, if I start to believe in him, I'll pick him up and I'll drop Tabata. 0 for 5 for Freddie Freeman on Tuesday. He's now down to 190 on the year. And he has not driven in a run yet, Al. Yeah, well, uh, that's not making me look good. Well, making, you know what? Making, I gave you the up for Ethier. I gave you the Ethier thing. <laughs> so now I got to bring up the Freeman thing. Yeah, and uh, I still think that Freeman is is going to have a fine season. So um, it hasn't even been a full week into the season yet. Uh, yeah, not driving in a, a run at this point is is a little bit of a concern, but not not enough for me to you know do anything about it in any of my leagues. I've got a stat of the day here. Oh wow, everybody's gonna... got. You know, stat of the day implies one stat. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Per, now, we, now we're at our This third. is our Nando stat analyst, of the day. <laughs> sure, yeah, one per analyst. Um, this is, this is just, just to take Freeman's defense here because I'm a huge fan. Al's a huge fan. I don't know where you fall, Adam, but we're, we're going to deputize uh, I'm you I'm pretty as a neutral. Huge fan. Uh, .094 batting average, zero home runs, zero runs, zero runs batted in, seven strikeouts. A nine-game stretch last year for Ryan Braun from May 1st to May 9th. I'm just going to put it out there. He was the MVP. He's capable of taking nine games with a sub-100 batting average. I don't think we should look too much into this Freddie Freeman 190 on the year right now. This yeah. stuff happens. That's, you know what? That's, that's my favorite early season point to make is that you take a, a bad one-week stretch and you put it in week 12, yeah. and people don't get as upset. Yeah. Oh, exactly. no big deal. Ryan yeah. Braun, MVP. Yeah. But there was a stretch, .094 batting average. Well, then you're going to love this next one. Three down, number three. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez, Mark Deshera, Curtis Granderson, all hitting 158 or lower. Are you concerned about any of those guys? I'm just going to reapply my stat of the day right there. But the thing is, Deshera always Tashera, starts slow. That's, yeah. Tashera always does start slow, but you know we're hoping that he'll rebound from a year where he had a very subpar batting average. Uh, so you know he's hitting, I think, 150 right now. That's not good. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a good point that in, in the case of somebody like that, you're looking for a sign of improvement and he's not giving it to us. Doesn't mean we won't see it in week two or week three, but that's a, yeah, that's a good point. They it's had three to... very good Tampa Bay pitchers to go against, too, you know, yeah. to start the year. I mean, it's, you know, your stat, you're bringing back your stat of the day. Yeah, they, they were they all 30 or they younger. They faced some you young know? pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we'll move on to the rotation then. And we start with uh, Rangers starting pitcher Neftali Feliz, and he was great. I don't know what if there's much to say. I, I, I drafted him in the podcast league, got him in there as, a, as an RP guy. I think he gave me 27 points last night. Seven innings, no runs, four hits, four strikeouts, two walks against Seattle, and Joe Nathan got the save for him to give Feliz the win. Nando, your thoughts on this start? Uh, he's nasty. I mean, that's, we knew that coming in. I think the question's going to be, 
is he going to be a little bit erratic? Is he going to do this every single game? And is he going to run out of steam in you know, like July or August when those innings counts get up? Right. Um, Daniel Bard, Al, another RP-eligible guy. Five runs in five innings in Toronto. He did strike out six, but this was discouraging. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you don't have to tell me about his RP eligibility because he's uh, eating up one of my RP <laughs> slots in the <laughs> podcast league right now. So and you're saying I did better with Feliz last night than you did yeah, with Yeah, just a little bit. Bart gave me a big uh, minus one last night. Not one I want to see for my uh, relief slot. So uh, I think we'll see some. Some better things. There were there were some stretches in this game where Bard looked looked pretty sharp, and as you point out, he he did get six strikeouts. So I have some hope. See, here's my problem with this RP thing. You only got <laughs> minus one. If he would have gone another inning, you would have gotten two points for him and not given up any runs, right? Uh, if he would have gone six and you the three yeah. points for the innings pitched. Yeah, but if he had got another inning, there's a good chance he would have given up. Well, another I'm just run. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is where the gentleman's uh, the gentleman's strategy actually works to my advantage. You got a negative one. Yeah. My, my reliever, random reliever, might have done well. I don't know what happened there. But that's, that was uh, the point I made exactly a couple weeks ago. Is it, it, there's a risk to it. It's not like you're getting away with something. I, I got, I've yeah. got a minus one. Yeah, but wait till the second score. start. Wait till the second start this week where, where the strategy actually comes into play big time when he could get a 30-point you know, start. Well, exactly, but it's, it's a risk. It's a risk. Yeah. Could, could have double the trouble. Azers, he could take a loss. He's roses for you, man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, national starting pitcher Ross Detweiler, no runs on two hits in five innings with six strikeouts at the Mets. But going back to last year, no one runs in his last three starts, Al. I guess this is why Davey Johnson likes him so much. And uh, the thing I just still don't understand with Detweiler, and I'm probably beating a dead horse with this, is. Um, you know, why did they string Landon along all spring when, you know, this appeared to be the plan all along? So, all right. You know, I, I'm, I'm standing up for John <laughs> Landon here. Enough of that. Detweiler does ha- uh, have some promise. Not going to be a six strikeout uh, guy every time out, though. So just, you know, take note of that. Um, but uh, he can certainly be effective at uh, helping you with ERA and whip. So I'll combine the last three guys in today's rotation. That would be Detweiler, Danny Duffy, who... Uh, gave up no runs in six innings with eight strikeouts against the A's. And Blake Bevin for the Mariners, who took a tough loss, but one run against the Angel, or against the Rangers in six and a third. So we got Detweiler, Duffy, and Bevin. Rank them one through three. Nando, lead it off. Uh, I'm going to go Duffy, Bevin, Detweiler. Duffy, by far, is my number one. By far. I He's love only him. on the 19% of leagues. Pick him up. He should be like 50%, I think. I wow. think eventually, in four or five games, people catch on to how good... He, he was bad in his call-up last year, but all his minor league numbers, he gets so many strikeouts. He's, he's, he's a, a prospect we don't get a lot of hype from, but he's good. He's, he's a post-hype prospect because there was hype, yeah. and he got called up, and he got knocked around some. Also, so somewhere in there had some good starts. But yeah, I mean, his, his uh, you know, prospect luster has definitely taken a hit, and now you can get him a lot cheaper. I think his hype got lost in the Hosmer and Mustakis mm-hmm. hype with all those Kansas City guys coming up. You know, along the way, they're like, oh, who's Danny Duffy, whatever. Just another guy coming up. I dropped Bartolo Colon for Danny Duffy. Good. Did I, did I overreact? Nato says good. Uh, I I like Cologne a little better this season, but I I don't think it's an overreaction. I don't even think it's a bad move because Duffy Duffy is the upside guy out of those two, obviously. Um, so uh, Cologne could be replaced by any number of guys. You've replaced him with a guy who could who could be tremendous. Well, I put in a bid for him. I haven't quite replaced yeah. him yet. Oh, way, way to reveal that to your league. What was the bid you put in, Adam? Uh, yeah, I should tell uh, us. $47. <laughs> Don't even bother. 
Uh, so <laughs> two other guys who pitched well yesterday. I'll compare them to Detweiler. Detweiler or Narvison? Uh, I'd say Narvison because he's going to give you more uh, strikeouts more often than not than, than Detweiler will. Um, you know, I think both guys are going to have some inconsistencies, but Nar- Narvison will give you a little more value overall. Blake Bevin or Kyle Drabeck, who uh, finally did something Bevin good? Bevin, for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, Drabeck's a guy that you got to watch because, you know, earlier in his minor league career, he looked like a guy who would be a very, very effective pitcher, uh, a ground ball pitcher, that is. Um, you know, so again, not a guy that's going to help you with Ks. But um, right now, Bevin is, is the better pitcher. And I watched a, a chunk of that game last night. It was really interesting watching him and, and Feliz do their work uh, in different ways. But Bevin's really good at mixing up the speeds and, and uh, showing guys different pitches. And, um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Not as much as Duffy, though, so I'm, I'm with Nando there. Thanks, so. Al. <laughs> Injuries, news, and notes here. Oh, God, those Mets. We said they were in midseason form <laughs> every yeah. day, right? I can't take credit for that. Uh, Adam yeah. Romas, yeah. That was when Andres Torres got hurt. But now David Wright might go to the DL. Very disappointing. He's off to such a great start, but he fractured his pinky. You'll keep an eye on him. As a replacement, Ronnie Cedeno went three for four. Cedeno, Justin Turner, Daniel Murphy are options there at third base. Who interests you if, if Wright goes on the DL? Well, Murphy, but, I mean, he's going get, to get starts at just at a different position. So, I mean, as a player, Murphy interests me the most out of that group as uh, a guy who could get a playing time bump if it's between Cedeno and Turner. Uh, it's Turner uh, because at least he has some potential for moderate power. Um, and decent batting average, Ronnie Cedeno. Uh, I've I've had enough. I've seen enough. <laughs> I'll pass if he uh, gets regular starts. X-rays. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I've got a I've got a, a litany of, of fantasy teams that have been littered with the the carcass of Ronnie Cedeno, <laughs> which is with hope. You know, he's on the Pirates. He's that prospect. Hope. And let's he's just a, hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's just hope David Wright doesn't doesn't try to play hurt and and struggle. Yeah. Uh, and if he has to go on the DL, let's hope it's quick. X-rays on Justin Upton's thumb were negative. His injury should not be serious. Michael Morris, on the other hand, had a setback with his injured back. He cannot throw without pain. Any timetable for Morris? No timetable yet, but uh, this is not good news. Don't plan on getting him active anytime soon. Week. Sergio Santa. <laughs> Come on, man. The lack of a timetable or just the injury? Or both? The injury. It's yeah. just... <laughs> He's not hurting your roster. He's just sitting on the DL, just hanging out. He was like the guy I took in every league. You know, he was he was my Henderson Alvarez. Sergio <laughs> Santos won't be with the Blue Jays until the weekend, and it's because of the birth of his child, not because his feelings were hurt when they booed him off the field a couple nights ago. Tigers rotation. It's going to be Adam Wilk instead of Dwayne Below. Thoughts on Adam Wilk? Nice uh, contact pitcher. Nothing, you know, nothing to get really excited about, but uh, you know, worth uh, using or picking up in in AL only leagues, uh, especially if he gets more than just the one start. He'll start Saturday against the White Sox. He's replacing Doug Fister. Lorenzo Cain. Not only was he moved down in the batting order because he is pressing, he also left Tuesday's game with a strained left groin. Lance Berkman has a calf injury, and the Marlins suspended Ozzy Guillen. Five games. Nando. I didn't, I didn't too, hear about that last too much. <laughs> too much, too little, just right. I'm not getting – I'm taking the Don Mattingly approach. Okay, okay. I'm not getting anywhere near this one. Okay. I, I, I will say without you know injecting my own opinion, just I was surprised it wasn't more. That's what I would say too. Yeah. yeah. But, Bud Seelig spent a game sitting next to Fidel Castro. 
I don't think yeah. a guy who did that can say, oh, I'm suspending you for five but, games. But the Marlins, yeah, it was the team thing. The yeah, that's true. That's a good do anything point. with us. It's still they approved the suspension that the Marlins handed out. I, I, I thought I was thinking it'd be like two weeks, but yeah, we won't give an opinion. Our, our opinion is that <laughs> Al and I are surprised it wasn't a longer suspension. Uh, just some more notes from around baseball. Then we'll get into the trades and the argument should be fun. Al, you watched one inning of Wei Yin Chen's Orioles debut, and you came away with the same impression that I, that I came away with. He gave up two earned runs in five and two-thirds, four runs total. He struck out six, and he walked one against the Yankees. What did you think? I thought, well, first of all, I tuned into it because I saw what, uh, what he was doing up to that point, really holding the Yankees down, and thought, okay, i got to see this guy at work. I haven't seen him pitch yet. And the first bat or two, he looked, he looked okay, and I thought we got something here. And then he just got clobbered, and I just saw Buck Showalter sitting in the dugout there and thinking he was, well, he did come out once to talk to him, but he didn't take him out of the game, and I'm sure he was going to. And, and he just clearly needed to come out of the game. I think mm-hmm. he was gassed. Um, so I wasn't really all that impressed with what I saw, but apparently he was a different pitcher the, the first five innings. He was. Yeah, he was really good. It kept kind of kept the Yankees off balance. Good left-handed pitcher, and I was I was impressed. And then, yeah, Showalter just blew that. Yeah, now, okay, so you saw him earlier in the game. What what I didn't like, what I saw from him, was just not enough variety there. It was just one 90-mile-an-hour fastball after another, after another, after another. Uh, I didn't see him really mixing up his pitches mm-hmm. a whole lot. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I don't recall. I mean, can look look back at that, but um, you know, obviously he had some good results up until uh, you know the last inning he was in there. So, would you pick him up or Kyle Drabeck? Uh I'd I'd give uh, Chen a try because again, you know, we've seen. Granted, I mean, Drabeck pitched well uh, this last time out, but uh, I'm, I'm a little more intrigued by Chen right now. Chen or Graham Godfrey, Nando. Godfrey was good for the A's yesterday. Godfrey was good, and the A's seemed to keep popping up with these guys. But uh, I, I think I like Chen a little bit more. Trevor Cahill, he threw more balls than strikes in six innings of work against the Padres. He only allowed one run. Luckily, he was playing the Padres. It reminds me of something I think uh, somebody tweeted me last year, tweeted or email or something. They said he's not Trevor Cahill, he's Trevor B.B. Hill. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that so much that I remembered it a year later. Um, Are you concerned, though? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, you know, it doesn't change my opinion radically, but uh, I want to see him. Not be Trevor B.B. Hill. I want to see him throw some strikes and be a little more dominant. Rick Porcello had a good start. Kyle Loesch had another good start. Nando, who do you like better? Uh, out of those two or out of those three? Out of those. Oh, fine. Uh, fine. Well, I'm going to get Cahill. I, I'm a Cahill guy, but, but between uh, Kyle Loesch, at some point you've got to start believing. And uh, this is two really good games. The whole Cardinals rotation is <clears throat> pitching lights out right now. Let's grade the trade. So I asked for some trades on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at CBS Fantasy BB, at Al Melk CBS, Al M E L C CBS, at Nando N A N D O CBS, at Adam Azer A I Z E R, and at CBS Scott White. So um, you guys gave me some good suggestions, and here are some of your trades. And what we're going to do is look at them, and we're going to we'll try to give them a grade. All right, put on the professor cap and give them an A through F grade. Hopefully, no Fs. Brett Schiller, his trade. Two catcher standard roto league on base percentage instead of average. I get Ramos and Upton. We don't know which one. I get <laughs> Ramos and Upton for Kendrick and Napoli. And we don't know which Kendrick either, but I guess we can assume Howard. <laughs> we can assume Howard. <laughs> yeah, that one will assume Howard. Getting Wilson Ramos and let's say BJ Upton. 
because uh, Justin Upton would seem to be too good for this trade. Yeah. For Howard Kendrick and Mike Napoli. All right. So BJ Upton for Howard Kendrick. It, you know, aside from the catcher swap. Uh, I yeah, I like the. Well, let's see. We're it's we're grading the trade. So and he gets Ramos and Upton. I'm I'm giving him a a C on that. Hmm. I like this. Al used to be a professor, by the way. He was. But yeah. I didn't have a professor cap, so I feel like I did it all we wrong. We should get you one for this when the next time we do grade the trade. I brought you an apple, Al, but I left it at my desk. Sorry. All right. Well, <laughs> that's, that's why this trade's getting a C. Getting a C? You like it better, Nanda? No, I'd actually give it like a C minus, oh. D plus, especially because he already has two catchers in a two-catcher league. Yeah. Why would you trade for another? I mean, I know it, it's great for... Uh, I wasn't even looking at that, yeah. Yeah, C- Ra- I mean, C- Ramos, minus. Napoli, I'd rather have Napoli and, and get rid of one of the other catchers, especially if you're talking BJ Upton, not Justin Upton. Next up is Big Baby Jesus. C.J. Wilson for Ryan Zimmerman. So let's say he's getting C.J. Wilson, giving Ryan Zimmerman. Grade the trade. B-. minus. It's. I think it's pretty even. I've, uh, you know, sort of adopted the Scott White uh, bias of... Uh, Hitter breaks the tie. So, uh, yeah, I like the uh, top shelf third baseman a little bit more than the uh, number two pitcher. What says our TA, Nando DeFino? I'm going with that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I, like the, I like the Zimmerman side a little better. And if he's getting Wilson, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be minus C plus-ish. Okay. <laughs> Joe Wilborn, Jamal Weeks, and Soriano. For Mayberry and Samarja, I have Brandon Phillips at second base also. Well, I'm giving this student a little bit of a, of a boost in the grade because he told us which weeks. Yes, he did. <laughs> that is nice. Okay, and he's getting Jamile and, and, uh, yeah. and Alfonso. Yeah, for okay. Mayberry and Samarja. Yeah, I, I, well, let's see. He has Phillips at second base, but I still give him a B-plus for this because um, I'm not a big Mayberry fan. And Samarja, to me, is still largely unproven. I'm also not a big Soriano fan, but he's he's getting, in my mind, the only really solid player in this trade in, in weeks. And it's still fine. He has two second basemen. He can flip one of them later for, for a need. T.A.? A minus. I like it a lot, actually. Just like you said, May- Mayberry's, who knows, especially with Juan Pierre getting a lot of playing time. Uh, you know, Jim Tomey at first, and when Ryan Howard returns, Mayberry's going to kind of be squeezed, I think. Nathan Hill. Trade in a 10-team head-to-head league. I give up Alex Gordon and Wainwright for Josh Hamilton. Mm. Or maybe Daniel Hudson instead, I guess instead of Wainwright. But as it stands now, giving up Alex Gordon and Adam Wainwright for Josh Hamilton. Alex Gordon has been horrible so far, and it's a 10-team league. T.A., I'll let you start off here. It's your big moment. (laughs) Uh, D. Oh, really? You'd rather have Gordon and Wainwright? I'd rather have Gordon and Wainwright than Hamilton. I just think uh, you could probably try and do Wainwright for Hamilton. I'm not even a big Gordon or Wainwright fan, and I actually like Hamilton a lot, but I, I just I don't like it. It's, it's way too much on the, the Gordon and Wainwright side you're giving up, at least perception-wise, I think. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that, that whole assessment that I'm not, not really crazy about. Well, actually, I do like Wainwright, but I'm not that crazy about Gordon, but I just think that it's, throwing Wainwright in there is overcompensation. So I wouldn't say you said, what, D or D plus? Yeah, D. I'll go C minus. I'm a little hard on the real Nate dog. I'm sorry. Well, that's why nobody likes DAs. Real, real underscore <laughs> Nate dog. Tell you what, he comes back, come to office hours, come back with a, with a revised trade. and yeah. I'll TAs are always the hardest graders. Absolutely. Yeah, they're trying to prove something. <laughs> Donnie Sampson, AL only league. I have Brandon League, 
Perez, Pastano, and Hector Santiago looking to get better starting pitchers. Trade Chris Perez and John Danks for Dan Heron. If he can swing this, that's an A+. Plus. That yeah. is an A+, plus, without question. Well, you guys are agreeing a lot. That's good. And we had an email about a trade from Chris. This is a funny one. I was just offered this in my 10-team points league. Actually, it's not that funny for the other people in this league. <laughs> for the other people in this league. I was just offered this in my 10-team points league. I give up Derek Holland. I get Carlos Gonzalez. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I guess the guy is looking for pitching. There's no way this gets approved. Would you accept it anyways? The people in my league are always bitching and complaining about trades that I do because I kick their ass every year. <laughs> but I do not want to appear as if I am cheating because this was presented to me. What would you do? So he's giving up Derek Holland for cargo. <laughs> that doesn't be what would I do if I were him or if I were the commissioner because if I'm him, it's easy. I'm... All right, you're going to be him. Yeah. Nano's going to be the commissioner, and I'll be the arbitrator. So what do you do? Well, if, I, if I'm him, I'm saying, yeah, I'm making this trade. <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. And you pull this again, we will kick you out of the league. Carlos Gomez for Derek Holland, maybe. Carlos Gonzalez uh, is insane. Carlos <laughs> Gomez. Yeah. So, the, you know, the, I would say that you shouldn't be threatening Chris. I think you should be threatening the, the idiot who's giving up Derek Holland or who's giving up Carlos Gonzalez for Derek Holland. In a 10-team league. Well, this guy obviously doesn't know any better. The yeah. one who's offering uh, Gonzalez for Holland. Yeah, I think it's worth the you know, and, and this is the first time I think I've ever said this on the show. This is a case where the commissioner needs to se- step in and protect the guy that doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Yeah. And I, we, when we brought up these kinds of scenarios, I've always said, you know, let the league police itself. I hate trade vetoes. This is a veto, vetoable trade. I love trade vetoes. No. This seems like someone's brother-in-law who's never played before. <laughs> right, Because right. he's, the, he's the 10th guy. Like, look, we need a 10th guy. Just come over Saturday and, and, and play, <laughs> and I'll help you out. And, uh, and he's just uh, he's, he's trying. Look, 10-team league, there are plenty of guys in the right, waiver wire exactly. if you need pitching. Yeah. Tell them to listen to the podcast. That's what I'd say. Maybe next <laughs> week we'll get, into a, we'll get into a further trade veto um, debate because I love it. I veto trades like it's my job. <laughs> but not when I'm commissioner, only when I have – a vote, not when I'm the be-all, end-all. Anyway, uh, it's time for the Al and Nando debate. This will be a staple of our Wednesday shows. <laughs> this week, how important is power? How important is the home run? Nando seems to value it more in drafts than Al. And what was the genesis of this argument? Yeah, let's go to the genesis. Um, it was Miguel Olivo. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> bet you everyone would have guessed that. Yeah, the, the, the poster child for uh, the, uh, what I call the empty power hitter. He, you know, he'll hit home runs, and as a result, and, and you know, I don't want to overstate the case because I do like power to a point because with the power then comes help in the other categories. You get right. not just the home runs, but you get the, the runs in the RBI. But, I mean, Olivo is just so extreme. He really is a, a all-or-nothing guy, but he swings at the first pitch all the time, and it's either going out or it's going straight up or, <laughs> or it's hitting air. The bat is hitting air. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Olivo, and, and some of it, too, is just frustration is – you know, when he was a Marlin, as a Marlins fan, but I won't get too hung up on that now. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it, so we were – we co-own a team. We co-own we, a we team. We were kind of taking, taking different shifts in, in auctioning. Uh, so Longest your, draft ever. Most yeah. unnecessarily long draft ever. It was delayed for an hour waiting for one guy. Oh. And these guys claim to be crazy. Great. <laughs> crazy fantasy players. Oh. That was crazy long. I'm not blaming them, though. It's, it was a nice day. It, yeah. Yeah. So we took turns. <laughs> when you were up, you took Olivo. That was the one 
you know, win that we had on the auction board that I was, was less than, than thrilled about. But so, you know, if I would have preferred, I don't remember who was on the board at that point, but right. so let me pose it to you. If Carlos Ruiz was on the board, would you have let, pursued Olivo? Let me make the argument for Olivo. Outside of the power, he does steal a lot of bases, probably maybe the third most out of any catcher in, in baseball. And uh, they seem to put him at DH. Some, I know it's probably going to be less with Montero. Maybe the days when Montero's catching, though, you put him at DH a little bit. They seem to work him in. So even though I am uh, enamored with his power, uh, yeah, I think I would have taken him ahead of Ruiz. Yeah, I think I would have. Just you know, I like the steals. I like how he plays a lot. Yeah, and see, that's the and, and this is a uh, this is a roto league. It's categories league. So I would have taken a Ruiz for different. a dollar. I would have taken Ruiz for a buck. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone four like I did on Olivo though. See, I probably would have flipped that. I would have gone three or four for Ruiz. I would have only taken Olivo as a one one dollar guy. All right, so why? This is going to be the greatest season ever, by the way. The twenty four hour party people team that we call. It. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> you guys are twenty four hour party people. Yeah. I don't know about that. Hey, that was, that was, <laughs> <laughs> it's our name. We're sticking with it. Um, so what's the, why, why do you like a guy like Ruiz more than a guy like Olivo? Because Ru- Ruiz is a, a better contact guy. He's a better walks guy. And I understand this is Roto. This isn't head-to-head. Those walks aren't going to pay a, a direct dividend, but they will pay a dividend in terms of you know him getting on base and having an opportunity to score more runs. Um, and like Olivo, Ruiz, you know, gets a lot of playing time. So that's why I thought that was a good comparison because they're similar in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, in terms of where they get their value is different. And I trust what Ruiz is going to give me more than Olivo and, and his, you know, swing for the fences approach. Yeah, I don't want to come across as a caveman here. Just, I love power. But <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, I was just looking at it. We had a lot of cash to spend and we needed a second catch. Uh, well, instead of making this a Ruiz, uh, a, a, a a number two catcher debate. Right, right, right. What is the philosophical difference that you guys have? Right, because I have a, just a couple of other examples here, like Carlos Pena or Freddie Freeman. This is why I yeah. like Freddie Freeman. I'm guessing you would go Pena, although Pena gets a lot of. Walks no, you know I, I love Freeman. Yeah. Love Freeman, but I also like Pena a lot more than a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the philosophical <laughs> difference is just, you know, how how much do you sacrifice for power? Because I see that there's other benefits that come with it in terms of run production, but. I really don't like getting down in batting average in, in any format. Well, that's why I, on these teams, I do have a little balance. Like, you know, obviously, I'm, I guess I'm known for going after the power guys now. But I also like, like in Towers, for instance, I went a couple extra bucks on Jacoby Ellsbury because I'm expecting a lot of batting average from him. Um, Infante, I thought, would be a good batting average guy. So, and now he, all of a sudden, he's a home run guy. But I do like <laughs> to balance it out because I found, like, over the years, like, you can get. I don't know, like the Neil Walkers of the world uh, at a discount because they don't hit power, you know, in the rotisserie leagues at least, mm-hmm. to balance out, you know, these two, $2 Freddie Sanchez type guys who are going to get a high batting average to balance out the 220 that Carlos Pena is going to be hitting. Yeah, and I, I agree. Um, in a Roto League, I, I sort of look at where my roster is at and make a decision. But, it, but I won't really go for the power-only guys early. That's more something I would resort to. When we got a Levo, it was very late. So yeah. that's why I was like, okay. You know, it wasn't that I just good. got a text. What the F dash 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 K from L. No, I, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm more cautious. But yeah, head-to-head... Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna pursue a guy like Olivo at all. I'm not gonna pursue a guy like Alfonso Soriano at all. Um, you just look at my team and start put, pulling out names put, now. Put, put an X. So yeah, if this were a head-to-head <laughs> draft, that's where you would have gotten that text. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Soriano. I mean, uh, Soriano, I think, is more of a, an undervalue thing than just a straight power guy for. Him. I mean, I know the steals are gone and the average. 
Who knows? You know, he could hit 270. He could. Yeah, no, it's not. Could. It's not likely, but he could. Um, but you know, there's also no guarantee he's going to hit even 20 home runs any given year with Soriano, because of his injury history, because of whatever. But he's definitely one of those guys on a few of my teams who I undervalue. So, um, Anand, I'm going to let you get in on the Omar Infante bet that we made yesterday. This oh is yeah, the second podcast wager. We have Brett Gardner over under 300, and we have uh, Infante. Home runs that he hits at home in his home ballpark. Wow. I, I think Scott and I said two, and Al said three. Oh, I would have gone that four. Right? I think it was the other way around. I said three? Uh-huh. Well, not, no, now you got me thinking. Well, you wrote it down somewhere. Two it doesn't us, matter. I would have said four. All right, I, so Nana's going four. Right, yeah, I guess Nana that's an over. If whichever number you picked, I'll take the over on that one. Yeah, because he has three home runs already, right? Right, but they're all on the road. They're yeah, all on they're the road. Home. So, how, so I, you're I, thinking? I think I had two and you guys had three, but you wrote it down, so you will have to go back and. Yeah, I'll, I'll look. I'll look. Uh, Nano's got four. Good, good stuff. You guys done with your debate? <laughs> oh, I think so. I don't know. You get more players written down if you want to tear me apart for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the, the list I've got here I, I, you know, Soriano, Chris Young, and it's unfair to call him a power only guy because he still contributes in steals. Mark yeah. Reynolds. Yeah, I don't like Reynolds. Okay. Yeah. I know that's that's against my grain, but I'm not a, I'm not a Reynolds yeah, fan. Yeah, you know, Pena, kind of the same thing on the other side of the diamond. J.J. Uh, Hardy, and I've bashed him all spring long. <laughs> and then I was starting a guy, a list of guys as alternatives. I didn't get very far. I wrote down Freeman and Ethier. Freeman's uh, a home run guy in my mind. Well, and, and Ethier is too, but even if the home runs don't come, I like them because you, at least you know they're going to give you gap power. They're going to give you, you know, doubles and maybe even a few triples. You points league people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com is our email address. Let's read a few today. Jason in Southgate, uh, Michigan. I once worked in Southgate, Michigan. Did you? Yeah. What were you doing? I was uh, working at the Downriver, uh, I want to say community center. It wasn't Downriver something, but it was like an economic development uh, thing for Downriver Detroit. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. Very mysterious. This is, like, this is like Al Trivia Day. I'm like having fun with it. He never had a professor cap. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you used to work in Southgate, Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And just a random There's emailer. so many things to know about yeah. Al Melchior. <laughs> in my head-to-head points league, should I trade Eric Hosmer and Yoenis Cespedes for Justin Upton? Mm. No. You're giving up way too much, I think. He already has Ike Davis and Michael Morris that he can put in at first. Well, Michael Morris is hurt now, so. Uh, let's see. So does he say who he already has? Expect, uh, I have Ike Davis or Michael. Uh, let's see. He's Wait, got, you, so you wouldn't give up Hosmer and Cespedes for Upton? Justin Upton? No. Really? He's got Ike Davis, so yes, I would. I absolutely I think Davis could have as good a year as Hosmer. I don't like Hosmer, but I, I just, again, like going back to that earlier trade, it just looks like you're giving up just a little too. It's like, it's like a, you're giving up six and you're getting five. Do not, it. not that Upton's a five, I'm just saying. A minus trade, do it. Oh, look at that. Now you got me and Al arguing. We were playing nice for a little while. You put Eric Hosmer in front of us. Uh, John from Dallas. Thank you, wise ones, for your counsel. Is Gavin Floyd an advisable drop in my 5x5 10-team Roto League? If so, what should I do with the spot? Should I use it to stream pitcher? Should I pick up an available relief pitcher, Thornton, Melanson, Peralta, Reed, or Greg Holland, and see if one of them sticks? Or should I pick up one of the following available starting pitchers? Bedard, Cahill, PV, Hochaver, Nicasio, Nice, Nalasco, Hughes, Jurgens. Multiple choice. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the more detailed, the better here. 
Uh, I think, you know, D, any of the above also applies here. First of all, yeah, Floyd is an advisable drop in a 10-team league. Um, I would go B, pick up one of the available relief pitchers, and if uh, it doesn't work out over the next few weeks, you can still stream in that spot. So uh, it's not like that option's not going to be available to you. And which reliever would I pick up? I would pick up Joel Peralta. I'd I'd pick up Bedard without without a question. I mean, I, I, maybe there's someone else you can drop to to do the other A or B strategies, but you know, Bedard, his whole thing is he gets hurt, and he's not you know, ride him until he gets hurt. He get a very low whip in his career. People forget about that. Last email is from Richard. Zach Cozart is available in my league where I'm currently starting. D Gordon. I know he won't have as many steals as Gordon, but Cozart's power is intriguing me. What do you think? Is it worth a swap? I'd say not, and I don't think it's a, a high risk swap because I think Cozart can be about as good as D Gordon, but um, I, I think it's riskier. I think Cozart is riskier. I really do worry about the batting average with him. Actually, he's another guy. I know. With I know. Power, I power at the expense of batting average. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'd stick with the note, the more known quantity of D Gordon here. I'm going to, I'm going to D Gordon. I think if you put him in the free agent pool, he's going to come back to haunt you the rest of the season. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's got 50, 60 steal potential. And, I mean, that's, that's someone someone's going to gobble up immediately. I mean, I, maybe you could drop someone else for Cozart just to have him around, but, man, I, I would not let go of a guy like D. Gordon. Just let someone on the team pick him up. D. Gordon it is. We're unanimous here. Thank you to Professor Melchior, <laughs> teacher assistant Defino. <laughs> what does that make you? I'm a student. You're the, the chancellor. Chancellor Azer. It's fantasy baseball. Like uh, <laughs> Dean I, Azer. I'm not going to call yeah, it Dean Azer. Oh, I'm I like Dean. it. I'm a Dean. Yes. Okay. You're wearing a tie. I am wearing a tie. Today. It looks like a Dean today. Yeah, you do look like a Dean today. Thank you. Uh, like a Dean a like one of those hip schools. One of a, uh, the cool Dean or like the weird Dean from Community or... Uh, <laughs> Let's say he's not a cool Dean. <laughs> the guy from Community? He comes up with a lot of good ideas on that show. I, but nobody likes him. Let him do the paintball war. Oh, I want to do the gra- pillow that's fighting. great stuff. The paintball <laughs> stuff is great on that show. <laughs> We're done. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Send us an email, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com, and check out Fantasy Baseball 360 live on cbssports.com, 5 o'clock Eastern, every weekday.